Welcome into the Bourbon Buzz and Ballin' Podcast. We are your hosts, Colby and Dutt, and thanks for joining us tonight. Episode three of season two. Yep. A lot of things going on in the NFL and college football, but as always, you know, we like to start our show off with an opening toast. So, who's your opening toast this week, Dutt? Man, I'm going to go complete Alabama Homer. Oh, hell. I'm going to go complete Bama Homer on this show. I'm going to actually toast Jalen Milrow. Okay. I'm going to toast him for for the, for the man and how he handled himself on the sideline. Not only that, he led the team out. Yeah, exactly. In pregame. I think the team really rallies about uh, around him. Sure. And I think that's – I still think that Ty Simpson is the, the best quarterback on the roster, but I think – the team follows Jalen better than they do Ty. Because Ty's never been anointed. Sure. So, I think he's not a real rah-rah guy like Jalen is, and Jalen can get the troops. I'm going to respectfully disagree on who I think the best quarterback is. I think at the particular time, I think Milrow's the best quarterback. However... Now, I didn't I say would, the best quarterback. I said the most talented quarterback. Well, I just think he's the best quarterback on the <laughs> for, roster. For today, yes. Yeah, I mean, I, the thing about Jalen, and let me finish my toast on him before we break <laughs> now, in. You there. know we got to just just go with it. Just gotta I just run wanna, with I it. just want to toast you, Jalen, and tell you thanks for handling it like a, like a man. I don't, I don't want to say it was unfair because I think it was a, I think it was a good, a good spot for Coach to, to pick and show us that uh, we got one trash-ass quarterback and and then we got a really good quarterback in the waiting that I think is ultra-talented but not quite there yet. Um, so, Jalen, I'm toasting you, man. I think you handled it with class. Um, I think you learned from, from the predecessors who also handled some of that adversity thrown at them as, at quarterbacks with class. and. And for that, I think you represented the University of Alabama well. So I appreciate you, ma'am. Cheers, Cheers. Jalen. Mm-hmm. Now just make quicker decisions and be decisive. Well, we'll get in. We'll get into that <laughs> a little bit. That's that's going to be part of the the discussion when we talk about some coming in hot. You know, we'll talk about the Bama quarterback okay. position. I'm gonna go a little obscure with with my opening toast. So during the um, Seahawks game yesterday, there was a horrendous pass interference call. I mean, not pass interference, intentional grounding. Because the receiver ran an out route. Geno thought he was going to run a go. Geno wasn't under pressure, but he throws it up for the go route, and they throw the flag for intentional grounding. You know, he was not, like I said, he wasn't under pressure, so it, it was a terrible call. It, it infuriated Coach Carroll and Gino. So the head referee's over there. His name is Alex Kemp. Yep. Uh, so he's over there, switches his mic on, starts making the announcement. You hear Gino come over trying to argue the call with him. And uh, the ref says, I'm talking to America here. And it's picked up on the microphone. And it was just, I thought it was a great, <laughs> a great I'm line at the time. He's like, I'm talking to America here. And, uh, so he just kind of blew off Gino. So that that's who I'm gonna toast is that that referee for. All right. He was he was telling G, he was telling America what a dumbass he was for making a stupid call. Well, he didn't make the call. He was, but he was the he one was that had to. The call. Yeah, he had he was the one that had to announce the call, and Gino interrupted his announcement. And he promptly <laughs> put Gino in his place. Greg Olson was the uh, play-by-play guy. And he's, Damn entitled youth of America. <laughs> Greg Olson said, that's the greatest line I've ever heard. <laughs> so, that is good. I'm so, gonna... Alice Kemp, here's to you. Cheers. Cheers. I'll, I'll toast to you, I guess, on now. I didn't see it. Yeah, typically I'm not going to be cheersing or toasting referees, but uh, I thought that was uh, pretty good at the time, given, given what was going on, so. What you sipping on tonight? What what you toasting with? I'm I'm back on the uh, whistle pig, the ride that we did yeah, last yeah, week. The ride from yeah, that last was week, man. It was. Yeah, if you didn't see last week's episode, go back and check it out uh, because we rated the uh, whistle pig piggyback six year old rye, hundred percent rye, and uh, it was delicious. A lot a lot of different flavors in there. Um, so go back check it out and then go get a bottle of that. And it's it's. Not that expensive. It's like fifty bucks. So oh, and it's it's available. Too, and yeah, you so. can you can find it about anywhere. Um, sure. I actually found a bottle of the piggyback 
bourbon that we did the week before that we also gave her for when I was down in South Carolina uh, at the beach this past weekend. I paid $10 more than retail, which I don't mind. You know, I don't mind paying a little bit more if it's something sure. good, but some of that stuff they have in that ABC, or not ABC store, but liquor store is like a hundred times Secondary. retail. They have so, any, anything good? In, in oh, yeah, that? they got everything. They got Pappy. They got Birthday. They got, you name it, they got it. Oh, wow. But their their prices are well, was, ridiculous. What was the bottle of Birthday? How much it cost? It was like $500. 500 mm-hmm. wow. Yeah, they've got everything down there, but but unfortunately, that bottle of piggyback didn't make it back from the beach. Yeah, no. <laughs> it turned it's into good. a it it's, turned into a two day sipper. Yeah, nah, it was. I was down there for four days. Give me give me a little credit. <laughs> but three, three uh, not a half. Both of the both during all the drive time. Both of those whistle pigs are are really good, and they, I wasn't by myself either, so I wasn't all me. But uh, but no, that whistle pig piggyback series, both the bourbon and the rye. Good stuff. It you can find them, stuff. get it. You know, yep. we gave them both fours in our rating system, which is the best that, that we give. That's a high recommendation to buy. Absolutely. Based on our palate. I mean, you make the choice yourself, but we, we factor in economics. Yeah. kind of comes into our rating system a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Try not to, but, well, but I mean, it does influence you. Yeah, because I'm not going to give something a four. That's on the fence. That, but, that, but it's that, like yeah, $80, yeah, $70. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So... So no, if I if I'm teetering between a three and a four, then I'll let price factor into it. But if 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 the flavor tells me it's a four, I'm going four, no matter what the price right, is. But right. if if I'm teetering, that's when I might factor in other things like availability, price, stuff like that. What, um, you, what you sipping on? Man? So I'm on another one of the 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 lines that we really thought highly of last season, and that was the old Forester lines. Oh yeah. Uh, so this is the 1910. Uh, which is a 93 proof. Um, we're doing an 88 proof old elk. I'll rate that shit tonight. So I don't like to go too far off of what we're going to rate. So I tried to keep it, but I don't hardly have anything that starts with an eight. <laughs> so, uh, no. so, it's, so it's hard to little, find one. A little one. disappointing in the proof of it, but you know, before we jump into it, I mean, yeah. all the old elks come pretty highly recommended. Right, so. right, right. Kind of like the whistle pigs. So we're going to do, what, about four or five of these over the next few weeks and, yeah. and see, see how, they, how they compare to some of the other series that we really like, like, like the old Forester. Uh, so we'll, we'll get into that at the end of the show. So that's our toast. Toast. Jalen Milrow and Alex Kemp. And uh, so now let's, uh, we always like to follow up our, our praises with with, with the, roasting some scumbags. The Saxo sheet. Yep. So why don't you lead? You want me to go first? Yeah. All right. Both of my scumbags come from. It, it was a great game. It was late. I know a lot of people didn't get to stay up and watch the whole game, but the Colorado Colorado State game. Uh, I got two scumbags out of that game. You know, I love passionate rivalry games. All the pregame hype, I, I thought was very entertaining. They you know, the, the coach, Norville, for Colorado State needed to draw some attention to and fire up his team. So he attacked Dion and is wearing a hat and glasses, you know, during interviews. Mm-hmm. Said, hey, when I've talked to adults, I was taught to take my hat and glasses off. So that, you know, th- there was really a lot of stirring up leading up to this game. And, uh, and I like that. I sure. got nothing wrong with that until it crosses the line. And two players crossed the line, one from each team. Um, one way, way more so than the other one. But uh, the, the player, Henry Blackburn, for Colorado State, had a vicious hit on Travis Hunter. It was a late hit. It drew a flag. Um, it wasn't to the head, but it was still right. uncalled for. And uh, so now Travis Hunter's going to miss the next three games two of which being Oregon and USC. Yeah, and, big, you know, I didn't, I didn't give them much of a chance in those games to be with Travis Hunter, but without him, it's really going to be hard. Um, yeah, right, right. Uh, so, you know, he – I think he went too far. He crossed the line. And then a little bit later on in the game, Shador actually crossed the line when he was arguing with one of the Colorado State D-linemans, and I got his name, Muhammad Kamara, and Shador, I poked him. You know, you're trying to win a Heisman. You're probably 
1A or 1B in the Heisman race right now, you look you could be potentially suspended, um, which without Shador or Travis Hunter in one of these next three games. No, they they clearly don't stand a chance without Shador. So I mean, that's that's a that's a so yeah. Shador's I I don't quite put him on the same level of scumbag as uh, Mr. Blackburn. But, but yeah, it's know, still crossing the line, both of them. Play devil's advocate on Blackburn, too. I mean, I, I realize it was a late hit. He got a flag. It was intentional. He went after him. You know, Travis Hunter did did sort of talk a lot of junk pregame. And so he had a – you know, when you do that, when you cross the 50 and you start talking junk to the other team in pregame warm-ups, you, you have a mark on your head. You do, but you – but. A and real, I love a free safety. But, but a real football player is going to do it legally. Yeah, and I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't like it was. It was pretty late. Eh, it was yeah, pretty late. It was a high speed. Play. It was pretty late. <laughs> it was a flag, no doubt. I mean, but it's it, you know I've seen. I mean, a lot it wasn't of, one of those where it could have went either way. I mean, it I've was, seen a lot of people talk about how that should have been. He should have been ejected. This and that. Well, I mean, it's not yeah, the rule. No, no, the, it's not the rule. The rule is it's it's unnecessary ref, roughness right. and. and it, Carried that penalty. It's not targeting because it wasn't to the head. Yeah. If it was to the head, he would have been kicked out. Oh sure. But it was just a late hit, and late hits happen all the time. But like I said, I think because of all the, the pregame hype, that's what. And the kid's a hunter. That's the what. Kids are oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, he, I. He's definitely a head hunting free safety that I can. Oh, absolutely. But. Yeah, no, I, I, I like that. Just. Keep it within the rules. Oh, well, so. yeah. It would be nice to keep it in the rules. But it's football, man. It's a live game. It's a lot of, I get that. A lot of, a lot of stuff going I on during that, the play. And it's the difference between uh, being aggressive and being dirty. So True. So, yeah. That, True. Those yeah are, it's going to suck for Colorado especially. I mean, I think Travis Hunter accounts for like 30% of their offensive firepower in the passing game. And, they're gonna miss him. They're gonna miss him dearly in a, in a couple of games that they absolutely need that kid to play. You know, yeah. that's not even counting defense. I mean, I think he plays ninety seven percent of the snaps mm -hmm. for Colorado. So, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna miss him for sure. I mean, but I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, who's your scumbag? I'm gonna pick on Bama again, man. I'm just kind of <laughs> homering it, but man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna call out the whole Bama fan base. You know, our our crazy our crazy side of the fan base. I like to call them the lunatic fringe. You know, online, reading social media, you know, Bama fans have been calling for Buckner and Simpson all week. And, you know, here's, here's my thing. You know, if you haven't been to the practices, if you haven't been intimately involved with the program, you haven't seen the snaps during practice, then, then shut the hell up because you don't know what you're talking about. So if you're calling for Buckner or Simpson over Jalen Milrow because he's thrown a couple of interceptions and we didn't win a game, that you, you still don't have all the information and the knowledge to ask for those changes. I don't even have a problem with the interceptions with Milrow. It's, it's the not, being, not making decisions quick enough on the field. Sure, sure, but and pulling pulling him, pulling him in favor of another quarterback this early doesn't now doesn't yeah. help his, you know, doesn't help him evolve as a quarterback and I mean Buckner's trash, man. I ain't going to tell you. I ain't going to say another word about Buckner. <laughs> if he ever sees the field again in a Bama jersey, it's only because Milro and Simpson's gone down in injury. But I mean, you can but clearly you can, see that kid. I would, I, I would then drop to Dylan yeah, or, or Eli at that yeah, point. Uh, Buckner, man, I think that was some. I think I tell you what, Bama fans, if you're mad, I think you should be mad right now at our OC. To me, our OC is probably to to me where the where the troubles lie. His play calling has been so not right for Jalen Milrow's skill set. Um, other than that, the play calling's been fine. But did you, you reading my notes over there? No, man, this stuff's easy to see. <laughs> I know, you but know, I thought we was gonna save this conversation for after we did the toast to well, the scumbag. Uh, you say, you say, <laughs> let's just roll it anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm just down on our fan base, man, because hey, you know, we're struggling right now. We definitely, uh, we definitely don't have the edge. We, we definitely don't. We, you know, to, to just say, you know, we're gonna flip a switch and go back to Bama murder ball. 
that kind of pissed me off preseason too because you just don't flip a switch like that and say, okay, all of a sudden we're going to go back to dominating once again. Well, you definitely don't with the way the offensive line is playing. So, yeah. So, anyway, Bama fans, y'all need to chill, man. You need to chill. You need to get off this quarterback discussion because most of you, most of us, some of us know more than others, but most of us have zero clue on the quarterback discussion. And, and the reasons that I think some people wanted some quarterbacks out are less than, less than uh, good reasons. So, I'm just going to leave it at that. I, I, I'm glad Jalen's got the, the job back for now. Mm -hmm. um, we'll get into more discussions of what I think about his backup and what I think about Jalen. But anyway, Bama fans, man, y'all need to chill out. Y'all are embarrassing sometimes on social media. I'm like a few slides behind. Didn't put up the toast slide, didn't put up the scumbag no, slide. Good. There we go. We'll come in hot now. Don't you? Uh, you already had a scumbag. Yeah, well, I guess. We left out Mel Tucker, but okay. well, I mean, what's to say? Probably most of our listeners would be like, who? <laughs> maybe maybe there's a rehab program for you at, at, in Tuscaloosa he, with Coach Saban. That's how he got the head coach job in the first place. I know. <laughs> I know. Has, uh, I, guess he, I guess Saban has brought some back through, like our current D coordinator. Uh, oh, yeah. So you, yeah. Can, you can be a two-time graduate of Coach Saban's rehab <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. All right. Cool. That was. And Sark was, too. Oh, yeah. Sark was two know. times. And, so. and, and Sark needed some rehab. <laughs> but Literally. Sark, but Sark's doing good now. Yeah, he is. They're up to number three this week in the poll. And, yeah. Uh, they, they started out, they came out the gate a little slow against Wyoming, but uh, little hangover. But they picked it up because I, I was like, don't you do this now, Texas. Don't go to, don't go to Tuscaloosa and beat Bama <laughs> and then lose to Wyoming. Uh, but, but they righted it and pulled away in the second half. But uh, Florida State doesn't even, I mean, they win a game and drop in the polls. <laughs> yeah. yeah, same with Bama. Struggled with BC. Yep. You know, Florida State typically struggles at Chestnut Hill anyway with Boston College. So it wasn't really a surprise, I guess, to Florida State fans that they were gonna they were gonna struggle. And I don't know what it is about Tennessee and the swamp, but Well, I, I thought Joe Milton said he doesn't lose. Doesn't lose. They looked horrible. That score really wasn't indicative of the yeah, beatdown. Yeah. Two two schools need to find an offense quick because if not, they they're gonna be in for a long season. That's Tennessee and Alabama. Two oh, teams yeah. That had two of the best offenses last season. Now this year, they're searching, they're struggling. And hats off to the Gators. You know, I'm gonna give give you hats off for turning things around pretty yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah, because we because we roasted them. Yeah, uh, early I mean, Gators look they look just like the bottom of the bottom for the SEC. But they turned it around and defensively, I, defensively they can make some noise if they, you know, if Graham Mertz keeps improving. <laughs> In the offense, I mean Florida, Florida. I mean Georgia got to go go Georgia, play Florida. Yeah, Georgia, Georgia didn't look that good. They struggled with it yeah. with South Carolina. Yeah, they pulled away a little bit in the second half, but uh, it was like two different teams from from first half to the second right. half. I, South yeah. Carolina, South Carolina. Of, they didn't even come out of the tunnel at halftime. It didn't seem, but uh, no. And Rattler, man, Rattler actually, Rattler actually looks. He looks really good if he's protected. And he's horrible if he's not, and he's off schedule. He which, just, is, which is most quarterbacks. Yeah, but, you know, you think a five-star going out of high school with his pedigree, you know, he was going to be able to handle some of the pressure and, and some of the off-schedule stuff. But he looks, like a, he looks like a dumpster fire when he's got a little pressure. Yeah. Well, but there's a little bit of kinks in that armor, though, with, with them Bulldogs. You know, going to have to go to Tennessee. Uh, you know, Tennessee can figure out that offense. Tennessee. Tennessee's defense, I thought was going to be the question mark coming into this year, but the defense right now is carrying them, and the offense is what's struggling. So, but you know, Georgia, Georgia may not be as invincible as we thought they were. Uh, there's a lot of football left. Um, I'm, I'm still not quite sold that Georgia has the quarterback, the quarterback. to win a tight game against a, an elite team in the playoff. I mean, and I'm still not really penciling Georgia in like we were at preseason because. I really think Florida's got the defense to maybe make it a little bit of a challenge yeah. to them. Um, and we'll you know, one, if if one team gains that momentum in the game, a lot of times they can. That's how that's how upsets happen. Right. So, all right. 
Any, what else you want to talk about before we dive a little bit deeper into Bama? Um, with, I mean, with, with I college was, football anyway, and then we'll talk a little pro, and then we'll drink some more bourbon. Well, we kind of already touched on Coach Prime in Colorado winning another one. Yeah, but but, but they they were a huge favorite yeah. this game, and they had to what was it double overtime or single overtime? Double. They had double. to come from behind just to send it to overtime. Eleven, Eleven points in the fourth quarter to send it to OT, and I mean Shador still looks he still looks the the part for yeah. sure. Um, I think Travis Hunter going out fairly early in that game, they lost some firepower and. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I watched the game. I really can't. I mean, they, their front, their front seven defensively is is certainly going to be a liability when they. I don't know, man. I think they got a chance against Oregon. I'm, I'm gonna say that. I mean, I felt really good about about their chances of really playing Oregon tough with Hunter, without Hunter. I mean, I, I just don't think they have a shot. I really don't. I don't think they have the front seven, and then without Travis Hunter. And and with USC, you know, the week after that, I kind of felt, I kind of felt, they had a better chance against Oregon with Travis Hunter because their front, you know, Oregon's front seven, they're never incredibly big either. They're kind of fast, athletic, kind of like Colorado is. USC is a little bit more built for, for bully ball for the run game. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, no, Colorado's still a good story. But you know, here's the thing about Colorado, I want to convey. My, my opinion on that, you know, I see a lot of people talking about, well, Dion, they're going to find out about the real Colorado and Dion in the next few weeks. Well, well, no shit. <laughs> of course we are, but we knew that. And, but nobody gave Colorado much of a chance to really come out the gates like they did either. So, and that's really all you're looking for from a 1-11 team is well, improvement. And, and Colorado has got a little uh, bulletin board material for the Oregon game. Mm-hmm. Because in the preseason, uh, the Oregon coach was saying, you right. know, why, why is Colorado relevant? What have they done? What have they won? So they were bashing Dion and the school even before anybody else. They were first in line. <laughs> so I'm sure Dion's going to use that as motivation with his team. He's going to use the Travis Hunter injury as motivation for his team. So who knows? Who knows? They're going to have to play a perfect ball game for sure. It's, yeah, it, it, and Shador is going to have to carry that team. Uh, but uh, uh, he willed them to victory Saturday night. Yeah, I mean he willed them in the fourth quarter big time. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go back to talking about uh, Alabama a little bit because there was right. there was a few things that I had in my notes that I wanted to convey. Right. Part of it you kind of already touched on because. I think really all three quarterbacks are that their development is suffering because of the way the coaching staff is handling things. Saban and Reese, you know, by not grabbing one and and letting them take the reins and putting their their energy into them, you know, you can't play that quarterback roulette. Right. You, you're stifling their development. You know, Milrow should have at least started this last weekend because the best experience is game experience, not practice experience. And, you know, he looked great in game one, struggled in game two, but, you know, you got to give the man a chance to, through repetition and through experience, to to get better. Sure. And uh, they handcuffed him by not, not letting him see the field. He's still young. Yeah, he is. He's still young and still developing. Yeah, I mean, you got two redshirt sophomores and a redshirt freshman. Right. Yeah, I heard an interesting stat uh, over the weekend was that Alabama is actually the youngest team in the SEC. Uh, I, I knew going. I meant I was going to bring that point up, but we, you know, we really didn't dive into a, an in-depth coverage of SEC. Right. Yeah, they're one of the youngest teams in the country. Yeah, which is good for for us as Alabama fans for sure. Right. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely, you know, we're we're definitely struggling at left tackle. I mean, our freshman left tackle is giving up an awful lot of sacks. And so yeah, I'm, I, I, just to echo kind of what you said during your your scumbag uh, moment. Yeah, I think play calling, the play of the offensive line, and the indecisiveness of the coaching staff is really 
what's hurting these kids. I, I don't blame the two interceptions on Milrow, you know. Like I said earlier, his weakness to me is he's indecisive. He's not making quick enough decisions. I don't know if it's where he's, I don't know if he's struggling with his pre-snap reads or if he just, you know, I think part of it also is he's got in his head that he wants to prove to America that he's a traditional drop back quarterback. And right. he's and he's hindering himself of he's depriving himself of a tremendous weapon. Right. His running ability. I mean, he is a true dual threat quarterback, but if he's not gonna use one of those threats, you know, he's hindering himself. And yeah. and yeah. if if the coaching staff could get through to him on that front, that hey, check your first read, check your second read. If you don't like it, tuck it and run. And use your God-given running ability as the true weapon that it is. And then he's going to cause nightmares for defense coordinators because they're, they're going to have to keep a spy in the box. Sure. You know, that's one less person in cover. I mean, there's ways you can exploit that. Of course, I right now don't have the confidence in Tommy Reese to be able to exploit that. Well, I mean, you know, our left tackles have been a turnstile. Right. And he hasn't thrown anybody out there to help the kid. You know, that's a true freshman at left tackle, and he's a big old boy. Yeah, he is. Was he 6'7", 360 or something like that? I mean, he's big enough that I can't recall the stats. So he's getting killed by all these speed rushers. Sure. So, well, I mean, on, on Jalen, you know, I see something a little bit – I see it a little bit different. So I see, I see Jalen – trying to maneuver a pocket. I see him stepping into a pocket, and I do see him progressing through a few reads. So that tells me that he is good pre-snap. His post-snap decision-making might be hindered because we got a shitty center right now that can't seem to get consistent good snaps. Now, when you got a quarterback who might be a little iffy in his reading anyway, which we think he is. I mean, he's a redshirt sophomore. With, when, little, when, when, with little game, with little, little real game experience. experience. When his eyes come off of off of the safety, when the ball is snapped, and now he has to he has to track the ball and retract the safety right. to even figure out what the defense is doing. And you lose sight of the safety, you've basically lost your ability to read post snap, and now you're you're pretty much off schedule. And then, like to your point, he's trying to stay in the pocket a little too long to prove that he is a developing quarterback because in the end, Jalen Milrow wants to play on Sunday. Right. And so there's a number of reasons that I could sit here and keep calling out that Jalen Milrow should have never been pulled in the first place. The little bit of interceptions he threw, who cares? They weren't. Yeah, he, he, was, mean, he was under duress exactly. the whole time. Exactly. I but mean, that's Bryce why, Young's throwing but, interceptions. Did he get pulled? Right, but that's why, you see, that's – He's trying to be too much like Bryce and scramble to keep the passing play alive because Bryce didn't have Jalen's ability and size and speed to Run. be that running threat. So Bryce was a Houdini. He's a Steph Curry back there. He's scrambling to keep the play right. alive he can, he to, can to give his receivers time to get open. Without even seeing the pocket. He can move the pocket with his eyes in the back of his yeah. head. I mean. Jalen Milrow needs to be, if it ain't there – you're about to get, you know, passed up by my legs. This goes back to Tommy Reese again, though. You know, Tommy Reese, you got a, a six foot, we'll call him six three. He's yeah. six two and six a two. half. Yeah. We'll call him six three. Six two, six three, two twenty, two twenty five. Built very nicely. He can handle some hits. Obviously, we don't want to run him to death, but. The offense should be geared around his running ability and his RPO ability. Keep that defense and, and then, off balance. Then, and then you can go into some play action stuff, and he can pocket. He, the kid can pocket pass. Oh, yeah. He's got an arm. Yeah. He's got an arm. Is he going to be as accurate as the past three quarterbacks we've had? Probably not. Probably not. I don't think he's as refined as they are. Could, can he be by the time he's his junior or senior? Absolutely. Well, that's see, that's where – you know, Tua and Bryce could anticipate. They could throw receivers open. They could they could see the play unfold before it unfolded. Sure. So they knew where to go. That's the unfair comparison, right? Exactly. But that, and that's what I'm saying. He 
he he doesn't need to try to emulate that because he that's not his strength. He's, he's not that. Those, it, those guys are those guys are like the, they're elite. Yeah, they're they're elite. Yeah, Tua is an elite thrower of the ball, and Bryce is an elite processor of the position. Right. Mac yeah. Jones, Mac Jones was a was a student of years in the system of just being there, repetition, and he was ready. Jalen is kind of a mix of, of some of that. And, yeah. And now, like I said last week, Jalen, or it might have been the week before, but Jalen needs to be more Josh Allen and Jalen uh, Hurts than he needs to be Patrick Mahomes or, or Tua or Bryce. Sure. Um, and if he'll embrace that and use that to his advantage, I think the sky's the limit for him. Yeah. Now and now, talk about Ty Simpson a little bit. You know okay. what I saw. I mean, Ty Simpson. You know, obviously, he's 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 a passer. He's got a he throws a really nice ball, and he's he's young, redshirt freshman. Mm-hmm. Got a lot to got a lot to learn. He's got some athletic ability. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he's a dual threat. He's not quite. I mean, he's not quite the runner that. Jaylen. No, no, but he's he's got enough. He he's got the perfect mix of being able to move a pocket, get out of the pocket, play breaks down. He can make things happen with his legs. However, you know, and I think Ty Simpson's ceiling at the quarterback position is higher than Jalen. I could I could I could be convinced right now as that Jalen might a, have already met his ceiling as a passer with some improvement. Well, I won't say that because you see what Jalen Hurts is. Been able to right. continue made to that, do. I made that know. statement today. Now I don't mean that he won't improve. I'm just right. saying his gap between where he's at and his ceiling is is less than Ty Simpson's ceiling. Right. I could see that, but that still doesn't mean Ty Simpson is ready. And he clearly didn't. Well, he made, and I don't. He made a couple of good passes I, the other day. I don't think he feels like it's his team. You know, the quarterback has to feel like this is my team. You know, he he basically was third string. So you're taking sure. the third string quarterback, which one thing that surprises me that he doesn't have that attitude because he's a coach's son, right? And right. usually, a coach's son are have got that leadership, but I don't see the, I see Jalen Milrow being a better leader of men, right now. And of course, he's he's spent more time with with yeah, these guys. Sure. He's spent the off season, you know, going and and training on their own. Um, now the team did have a, a players only meeting Sunday. Uh, saw that that uh, you know that they yeah. aired a lot of uh, their frustrations their thoughts uh, so hopefully that uh, did the team some good Let's see if they can rally around that and I mean the season obviously is not lost so but yeah you know. I, I would have preferred it if they were gonna if they wanted to give a, a different quarterback to start I wish they would have started Simpson and then if he didn't do good then come back with Milrow Buckner ain't got no business being on the field. I can't see. I can't. I mean, that to me, that just smells of home cooking from Tommy Reese. Yeah, and maybe that was a little bit of Nick Saban. Yeah, you know, saying, "Okay, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give your boy a shot, and let's see what he can do." And he was a deer in headlights at. I mean, he was. He was horrible. Terrible. He was horrible. I mean, even when they gave him time, his passes were nowhere near the receivers they weren't catchable i mean they were in the ground or over their heads or yeah i mean it was it was very unimpressive debut for mr buckner yeah yeah that project should be should be over yeah what else you guys that's well and then i i i saw where alabama opened as an 11 and a half point favorite over old miss and that scares me (laughs) but then when i looked again a little bit later it's already down to seven so well, no nobody's convinced that that Alabama is going to cover the spread. Um, I'm not convinced Ole Miss is all that, to be honest with you. Well, Lane Kiffin always scares me. You sure, because he 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 he'll come out with the kitchen sink. I mean he he's going to do whatever he has to do to win. Yeah, uh, and there's yeah, going to no, be a lot of piling on Coach Saban right now if they can do it for sure. For oh the, yeah. Decades the, worth of ass. Yeah, the sharks are circling. They, they are feel circling. they feel like there's some blood in the water. It's, and they, a, it's a weird spot for Bama right now. You know, I've never, I've never yelled at the TV over a Bama game in the last yeah. twelve or, years or or gone into games not confident that 
that the team's going to show up. I mean, not just that – I mean, you know, we always went into every game assuming we were going to win, but now it's like – By double digits. Yeah, and now it's kind of like, mm, I'm not – you know, I didn't, I didn't have a good, feel go, a good feeling going into the Texas game. I don't have a good feeling going into the Ole Miss game. Well, I mean, I don't think the product on the field should give you a good feeling. Really, yeah. we'll have to see. It's going to be – the proof's going to be in the I mean, pudding. I, did, I didn't see any adjustments from the coaches – now, defensively, yeah, defensively, and, and that's funny because Lane Kiffin said he, right. he thought we had a new D coordinator that the defense looked so different. That was a shot at Kevin Steele. Maybe. But they were getting the plays calling in quicker, and that's what Saban oh, said they were working on. I mean, Dallas Turner, Dallas Turner was Your a boy showed up. <laughs> he was a different kid. He, was he different, showed up in that South game. South Florida, so. But, but he did show up. He did show he up. He showed up and showed out, so I let's really, hope he continues that. I, maybe that was a confidence builder yeah, for him. I think Dallas – Maybe got, but no. From the, the offense, from sure. the offensive side of things, they still leaving Proctor out there by himself, and speed rusher. I mean that that what was he number zero? Yeah, that kid kept. I mean he was my size. You know you don't need to put a D end out there on Proctor. Just put somebody little and quick, and they're gonna blow right by him and sack the quarterback. Yeah, I think I think we could be hurting Proctor's development and his his head as a left tackle I by mean, leaving him there. At least, like I said last week, put a put a tight end next to him. Put a, put a running back. At least give him some help so that when the that speed rusher goes by him, they can pick him up and he can take care of the the power rushing coming up the up the gut. Right. But uh, yeah, so I didn't see and I don't see any play play calling to try to take advantage or to to help. Demit not you know diminish our weaknesses you know there he's Reese is still just calling whatever play he feels like calling whether or not yeah it's got a chance to succeed it doesn't seem much like a chess match on his part at all it doesn't seem like he's got a very good strategy as at his play calling like he's not he's not trying to set a play up by running a few other plays and I think maybe they dumbed down the offense a little bit for Buckner and then. Maybe for Simpson to try to try to get some some momentum just by playing some bully ball against South Florida, and it just didn't work. Um, Not until Roy Dale got in there. Yeah, Roy. <laughs> that's an, that's another that's another discussion. You know, I know you and I are both McClellan fans. We like him, but I'm gonna tell you right now, Roy Dale look good. Man, I, I just, still th- I don't see the explosiveness. I still chase. think Justice Haynes, which you know, there again, He's like, a freshman like, you, and like I don't you think he can block. Well, like you said earlier. We're not at practice every exactly. day, so just because what we might see, you know, right. flashes of here and there, what we might see in the A-Day game, we're not there every day. We're not sitting in the meetings. We're not on the practice field. We're not sitting with the coaches when they're talking, you yeah. know. This coaching staff, well, let's just say Nick Saban has earned where nobody should second-guess anything he does. Ever. Ever. And I'm looking at you, Paul Feinbaum. You need to keep Nick Saban's work, uh, name out your mouth. Ever second guess him. I don't. I don't agree with it. I, as a fan, I mean, I know. I know in private we can sometimes. Oh yeah, like, we'll be like, oh, I didn't I like that decision. That, but, but but to be honest with you, we're not there 100 percent of the time. We don't know. We don't know what's going on. I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely not a Tommy Reese fan at this point. So he we'll, hasn't endured me yet. Yeah, we'll see. But back, Jay, Jay, Chase McClellan, man, I just. He, he had he's he, he's, he's a different he's been runner a, he's from been a, one quarter to the next. He's been a plotter this year. I mean, you but know, like the just, first quarter of the Texas game, yeah, he he's hitting holes. He's hitting holes. He's doing good. Right. Second quarter, he starts to the hole and he wants to go outside. And, I don't understand. That. And there again, another thing that that a lot of your common fans don't understand. He might have an injury. He might be nursing some sort of Could be. ailment that we don't even know about. You know, because I shouldn't be out there. Well, but he Roydell, might, he might be hiding. It. He might be hiding it also. True. Because I know when I played, I didn't tell anybody when I had when I was hurt. Yeah, we got enough. We got enough people in the. Yeah, they should be to able to know. They should be able to know. But, I mean, uh, even our players, they're monitored. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, anyway, Roydell looks great. Um, I'm a big Roydell. Looks like our guy. I think Roydell needs to. Needs to get more carries for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's enough Bama. I mean, it's turned yeah. into a Bama show. <laughs> but, you know, hey, right now we kind of suck. So yeah. it's weird. That's what the nation's talking about. I mean, Alabama yeah. and Colorado. So that's what we've been talking about. Right. I, I mean, mean Georgia's still on top of the world. Yeah. And, and they ain't playing is, nobody. Texas is up and coming. So there's, yeah, there's, there's nothing exciting to talk about with Georgia because it's like. No, they're just kind of. Just bully ball and, and running the ball down people's throats I and still, hiding their quarterback. I will, I will still say, though, Brock Bowers, he's my favorite, one of my favorite players in, in college football. That that kid is a beast. Yeah, he's, he's fun to watch. He's fun to watch. You know, I heard somebody say that uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. was the best non-quarterback in college football. And he's good. I mean, oh, he's, he's great. He's great. But I put Brock Bowers – up there with anybody. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the Buckeyes, man. The Buckeyes got a big game this weekend. Notre Dame. Buckeyes. Yeah, yeah. And Notre Dame with Sam Hartman. Yeah, Sam Hartman. Who uh, would have been nice if he came to Bama. But anyway. <laughs> Sam, Sam's Sam, on the Heisman yeah. list now. He's he's put his name in the hat. He's the best 28-year-old quarterback in college football. <laughs> and how about the Carolina teams, man? How about it? I mean, App, App playing well. Carolina's playing well. Wake, I mean it's. Uh, yeah, Wake struggled with Old, old Dominion. They won, yeah, but it. W. They had to come from behind to pull off that win. They, Duke, I mean, not Wake. I yeah, mean, Duke, Duke, Duke. Yeah, screw Duke. that. Uh, wake, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> no, Wake, Wake is Wake. Wake's, Wake's good, but not great. I, I didn't mean Wake. I meant Duke. <laughs> okay. My bad. Sorry, Duke fan. You knew there was a K and an E in there somewhere. Yeah, it was. Well, it was up in the northern part of the state. So, anyway, that's about all I had on college. Uh, you know, we're we're starting to get, for, you know, now we're starting to get into some conference play, right. some better matchups. You know, we had to get those first few weeks out of the way before we really get into the – Week four, man. Yeah. Golly, does, does it – And really, I mean, it's the fifth week right, of, right. of games because, you know, you have, I guess, Notre Dame playing sure. in week zero. Yeah, week four of our team. Yeah, know, so that's I just yeah, it's flying by. It's flying by. It's still gonna be a, it's still gonna be fun, and I, I'm ready just to get through this season and get to the playoff system. I think the playoff system yeah. is gonna be gonna add a little be more excitement, you know, because it's gonna be good for a lot of teams that you know are fringe teams and everybody loves March Madness, and sure. I think it'll kind of give give the college football season a little of that flavor, a little bit of that flair. Now, will it, you know, a lot of people don't care a whole lot about the regular season of college basketball. Will it, right. will that have that effect? I don't think it will because you only got the one game every week. Yeah, it'll be a little bit different. But, but it might take, it might take a little bit away from the regular season, which is, you know, that's the fear of some of the, you know, like a Nick Saban or some of these other coaches. But we'll just have to see how it plays out. I think, I think it'll make the end of the year way more fun and yeah, interesting. For sure. And you'll have, have uh, you know somebody will sneak in as a lower seed and oh, yeah. get hot and, and you know some some somebody gets a big injury and yeah yep definitely it's going to be interesting and we're going to definitely have some uh, have some national champions I think that kind of were slept on all season and just slowly eat their way in and mm -hmm. got hot and how about my New York Giants starting the year. 60, 60 to zero in their first six quarters of football. Yeah, and then impressed the switch. Man. <laughs> and uh, then something got into Danny Dimes at halftime. Danny decided to Danny decided to put the uh, team on his shoulders. Said, I guess climb on my back, and uh, he pulled a Shador Sanders and said, "I got this." I see your boy is going to be out again. Your well, injury. Did you see the tap? Did you see the play? No. Oh, he man. got he got folded backwards. Uh, his ankle was down under one guy and. Two other guys, and there was a guy behind. I mean, it was, it was, it was ugly looking. But yeah, they 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 said he uh, uh, avoided a high ankle sprain. That's good. But he's probably still even a low ankle sprain. will keep you out a game or two. And, sure. and they got a quick turnaround. They're the Thursday night right, game this week. Right. Yeah, I know he's already so it, ruled out. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, today, he's already but, ruled uh, out because yeah. of the early turnaround. Yeah, he. Uh, I'm going to tell you who the truth is. Bijan Robinson's the truth, <laughs> man. That kid can make you miss in a phone booth. Everybody, you know, that's, the the few times I watched him play when he was at Texas, 
Oh, I, I eh. was kind of like, why eh. is everybody so high on this kid? Oh, man. But, uh, well, yeah, he, the first week they played the Panthers. So oh, I yeah, watched, watched them, that game, yeah. And they were on regular, you know, Here. us regular dudes that because don't the, have the ticket. Because the, well, the Panthers are on Monday night right, this week. Right, So, so I, I got to watch him twice, man. And let me tell you something. He is a, he's a game changer, man. I ain't going to lie. There's reason for his height. Well, while you're talking about the Falcons, who in their right mind – Going into the season, would have said the NFC, the Falcons and the Buccaneers <laughs> would both would both be two and zero, and that uh, who was it? The Bengals and the Chargers, yeah, would both be zero and two. I'm kind of glad we didn't have an NFL. Preseason I, I, I know we would have, because everyone it would have already that. been busted. Yeah, I'm a, hey, what about Baker, man? Old Mayfield. Baker, Baker's balling. Let's give Baker some props. He is, but let's can. let's let him uh, let's let him get a few more yeah. games under his belt. But yeah, him and Mike Evans. Him and Mike nice Evans have got a nice connection. It's not quite the the two with Tyreek connection, but it's a, it's a good one. They've been because I've had I got uh, Mike Evans on a couple of fantasy teams. So right, thank you, Baker. <laughs> no, I, I I did. We didn't get to do any picks or nothing, but I would have. I got the Panthers over the. Saints tonight. So if you got money on the Saints, I think you're gonna lose money tonight. Cause I, I like straight it. up or against the line. I don't even know what the line yeah, is. Okay. So, so I'm you saying, saying straight, straight up? up? I think the Panthers win this thing straight up tonight. Okay. Um, Panthers, you know, they like like you were saying. If Saints win tonight, then you got two and O Falcons, two and O Bucks, two and O Saints, O and two Panthers. Yeah. That's a that's a pretty pretty rough stat for the Panthers. So they they need to win tonight. So hopefully, yeah. yeah. I hope Bryce has a good game, you know, because he's starting starting to look a little sketchy. Because yeah. I mean, look at uh, you know Anthony Richardson took one on the bean, but he's looking good. But you know, he took that hit concussion, which you know he's been kind of an injury issue. I mean, I, I, there again, he he's the only reason he's looking good is because of his running, not his passing. Right, right. And that's I mean, that's, that's where, but that's that, that goes back to Jalen Milrow. If he would, if <laughs> well, he would tell be, me, tell Tony if, Reese, if he man, would be more, if me. he would be more like I'd that, be running his ass, I'd be I mean, running Jalen's ass. That's why this kid was a first round draft pick, even though his college career sucked. Right, exactly. But he's got that. He's got the skill set. Yeah, he's, got he's the, a dual threat that keeps D coordinators up at night, and Jalen could do that too. But I, I don't know if it's the coaching or. What, what's uh, what's his name for Houston? C.J. Stroud. Thank you. Stroud looked really good. Stroud looked good yesterday. Mm. Almost threw for four hundred yards. Mm. Come on, <laughs> that's not a bad. How not many passes did he throw? Sixty. Oh man, but his he was completion <laughs> percentage was huge. He looked good, man. I ain't gonna lie. I mean, you you compl- I think he completed seventy percent of his passes. It was up there. I don't know. I didn't even see his stats. <laughs> just... He looked good, man. So I mean, the Panthers. I, we got the game on now, but anyway, yeah. So well, there again, it, my a lot of it. Too, a lot of it comes back down to offensive line play. I'm a, I'm a firm believer that games are won and lost in the trenches. Yeah, absolutely. You, you can't control that line of scrimmage. I don't care how good your quarterback is. Right. Put Patrick Mahomes behind the Panthers' offensive line. And... Yeah, he's still going to create some, some plays. Yeah, he will. <laughs> but, I mean, Bryce is creating some plays too. But... Oh, no, I'm not down on Bryce. I mean, I think Bryce is looking – I think Bryce is looking pretty good, um, given, given his line play for yeah. sure. So, I mean, I know he's had a couple of uh, bad passes, uh, bad interceptions. but Right. You know, it's, it's hey, I mean, a rookie. It, yeah, you know, he's a rookie. Yeah, I mean, they're all throwing interceptions. Yeah, for sure. That's, I that's mean, two has thrown one each game, but, you know. Two is spinning that ball, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Two is looking good. Man, I'm glad. I'm glad two is looking good. Well, you know, it's funny because so, he gets. Out there. Yeah, you know, since you brought up, or I guess I brought up two originally, but, uh, you know, and I'm a, I am a two, two a homer. But, you know, Burroughs got his big contract. Justin Herbert's got his big contract. Burrow, he's just as injury prone as two is. Maybe you know, worse. He's, he's, he, maybe worse. Yeah, maybe a little worse because he's missed full seasons, sure. whereas two has missed a few games here and there. He's hurt again with his calf. Right. Uh, and Herbert, they talk about what you know him being a top five quarterback. Yeah. If you watch him play, 
most of his passes are short passes. Yeah, he's got that big arm and can throw it 60, 70 yards. But his air yards are way lower than Tua's. And, they, and that's the knock they give on Tua is, oh, he, he's got a weak arm and can't throw it deep. Well, the numbers completely are opposite of, of, right. of the narrative. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I just hope that Tua can put together a full, healthy season and really show – everybody what he's capable of. And even Joe Milton would underthrow Tyreek Hill. Oh. I mean, Tyreek Hill is, I mean, he's a cheat. Well, player. and you're, you're, you're better off underthrowing it than overthrowing it. At least, yeah. he, at least he's going to make the catch because he's. Or get past interference yeah, one. Yeah, you know? so, but, uh, they were, you know, that, that pass he threw in the Chargers game to win it. Right. That. You, there are not many quarterbacks in the NFL that could have made that pass. Yeah. I mean, that or was – Or had the balls to pull the yeah, trigger. Yeah, that was that an pass. elite pass. That was. That was. I'm glad so, I know that for yeah, two. Yeah, hope, hope he stays, stays healthy. healthy. I hope all sure. the work he put in in the offseason, learning judo. And I heard he, he still takes a class once a week uh, in judo, even now during the season. Um, so, hopefully that and bulking up a little bit will help him stay healthy. But, you know, he – it, and that's a bad narrative because if you look at how many games he's played versus the other quarterbacks, it ain't that much different. Yeah, and early, early on, you know, the line play in Miami was sketch. And so they, you know, he, he's got the – man, I hate to say it. He might be the best coach in the damn NFL. McDaniel. Yeah, he's good. Well, especially offensive and scheming. There again, that's that kind of goes back to what I'm sure. talking about with Tommy Reese. Yep. Mike McDaniels knows that – his offensive line ain't going to give two or four and five seconds on every play. Get the ball out of his hands. So, right? let's run these quick slant because two has got one of the quickest releases in the yeah. NFL. Let's run these plays that are quick hitters. And then you keep hitting them with the quick hitters. It kind of slows that pass rush down. Then you can drop back. And, and so, if you're only asking your O-line one out of every half a dozen plays to give your quarterback time to go deeper – they can do that, but if yeah. you're trying to do that on every single play, then you're at a disadvantage. You got to mix things up, keep the keep the defense off balance. Sure, and that's what Mike McDaniel does excellently. Yeah, he does. And relating to his guys, man, mm -hmm. he relates to his guys well, and he's, yeah. just, he's a fun dude to listen to. He is. I'm a I'm a fan of his. Yep. Cool. All right, what else you got? Anything? Nah. Are man. you ready to dive into this old elk? I'm ready to drink some elk, man. All right, well, let's let's, uh, let's wrap up the sports portion of the show and let's go into the rape that shit. Let's do it. All right, sounds good. What's up, bourbon buzzed and ballin'? It's time to rate that shit. This is the time of the show where we talk bourbon and drink bourbon. Colby, what we got? We've got an old elk. We're gonna do a series of the old elk. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna start off right now with the old elk blended straight bourbon whiskey. Now this comes from Fort Collins, Colorado, and it's considered a high malt bourbon. You can find this for about 50 bucks here in the Carolinas. It's 88 proof. I never did, oh, I see right now it's aged for five years. Boom. I wasn't quite sure. Uh, it didn't, they didn't mention it on their website. 51% corn, 34% malted barley, which is about four times more than your traditional bourbons and 15% rye. Now the aroma is supposed to be a sweet vanilla and caramel with clove, maple, and nutty almond. And then the taste should be maple syrup, almond, a raw bran, chocolate, deep wood, and coconut. So they got a lot going on and these I took right off their website because I like to hear how the the make the distillers themselves, you know, describe what what you should be getting. Right, right. Well, let's talk a little bit about our rating system. If you don't know, we do a one through four rating system at Bourbon Buzz and Ballin. We like a one is our brown bag. Uh, you know, if we don't like it, we we don't recommend you buy it. That's our that's our decision to try to save you a little bit of money. If it's not that good, it's it's a one for us. Getting a little bit better, too, is a mixer. That might be kind of like our, uh, our, our daily drinker or something that you want to throw a splash of Coke or whatever in. Three, getting a little bit better on the profile. 
we do on the rocks. It might be high proof like the rye was. You might want to dilute it a little bit. Last but not least, a four for us is, you guessed it, neat. And we like that in a Glen Cairn. And uh, we don't throw out too many fours, but here lately it seems like we've, we've been on the four kick. Yeah, but not tonight. Not tonight. <laughs> we're, we're on the same money. Now, I, not, I like not for this, me. I not like for this me. bourbon. I do like this bourbon. This but tastes more like a rye than the rye we did last week oh, to yeah. me. Yeah, see, I got a, a lot of those notes that you, I really got a lot of vanilla. Yeah, I get I, the vanilla, I maybe got some, some almond. I got some maple and some of the almond. And uh, I didn't really pick I, up the sweet. I got some chocolate out of it. I, I see, I, I, I did. didn't get I any of the sweetness. I, I didn't get some, the chocolate, didn't get the maple. It's a two for me. A two? Uh, it's a two for me. Wow, a two, man. I, I'm, I'm leaning towards a three. I mean, it's definitely, I was in between a two and a three, but honestly, it's a pleasant, it's a pleasant bourbon. I mean, it's not strong. It doesn't have a lot of. Well, and there again, you know, we're, we're typically not fans of anything under 90 proof. Yeah. And that, that could be also why I'm dropping this down to a two. Yeah. Because there's just not enough there. Not enough. I'm kind there's of. There's no burn. There's yeah. no, there's no finish there's some taste but there's no finish right and uh yeah it, there's no complexity to it that's what colby's trying to tell you yeah. it's not complex i think they're full of shit on all <laughs> yeah i mean flavors. yeah all the all the aromas and flavors that they said i only got you know that we did last week you got four and five yeah, different flavors. It, it was a burst of flavors yeah. as soon as it hit your hit this your one I get, it, it's a, it, it, maybe it's a, maybe they meant it was a blend of all those things. Cause I'm just getting kind of one smell, one flavor, maybe two. I'm just not getting, you know, like, like, like I said with the piggyback. Right. Wow. There's a lot going on there. I don't get that. Wow. There's a lot going on there. No, no, I don't either. It's, it's kind of an amp, but you know, I mean, it's, it's a pretty bottle. Um, it is. It's a it pretty is. bottle. The color's nice on the bourbon. I like the color. Um, I like the line, you know, the, the line looks pretty cool in your, in your bourbon, on your bourbon on shelf. shelf. Yeah, yeah. it's got a pretty, it look, the, the, the cork, the cork the looks like a, a, you know, a slice of wood. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm hoping that they get better as we work our way through, you know, cause we're going to do the, some weeded, the, the we're going to do the double cigar. Double weeded, cigar cut, yeah. we got some so, good old elk. So yeah, I'm hoping that they get better and this is, and you know, a lot of times the entry level one. We're not that that high on, sure. so there's you know there's nothing wrong. Yeah, with no, that. I mean to me, I could I could see this being a mixer, like yeah, you, like you get you put it a mixer. Yeah. Um, oh, I think yeah. It would it would definitely be uh, it would make a good old fashioned, for sure. Be an old fashioned. You know, I'm not much on the Coke mixing it with any Coke or right, anything. Right. Right. That's 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 in it in a nutshell, man. I mean I. Hate to tell you, but yep. fifty bucks—it's not that big of a deal. I hope, I hope and pray that the double weed. Yeah, but if you can, and a cigar cut yeah, is good. You invested a little bit oh, more yeah. money in those. Well, the cigar cut was well over a hundred. Oh, was it really? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, it was one. It was one thirty to be exact. One twenty okay. something, and then the double weeded I think was ninety nine. Okay. So you know, it's not like you know. I did spend some money on those, but. Um, now for fifty bucks, I'd rather rather have that piggyback. Oh yeah, uh, easily. You know, that's one thing we haven't really done. We haven't really done yeah. a show where we did our our best of the fifty dollars, our right. best of the seventy dollars. We should do that sometime. Or even do it blind. Take take one that we gave a four, one that we gave a three, one that we gave a two, and do it blind and and see which one. You know, see if we still have that same feeling. <laughs> I don't know. I failed miserably at the <laughs> blind test. Anyway. All right. Yeah. Well, like I said, hopefully uh, the series gets better. But I, I wasn't a fan of the uh, just the, the straight blended. Um, you know, and, it, and it's a high malt. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's. You know, now that I think about it, it it's. That's what that one kind of taste I'm getting is that's kind true. of a malty taste. Not and, a big fan of. 
Nah, I like whoppers. <laughs> like you know the mal yeah, the malted the malted balls. Except but... when you get that bad whopper. Oh, there's always one. There's always one, one, there's always one whopper, in every man. bag. There's, there's, it it's, it's like I don't know. Did it get cooked too long it's, or what? It's like mush. <laughs> no, I mean I don't even know what to what yeah, to call it. But there is always there's one. always one in every. Maybe not the little bags, but like I I used to get it's it in like the milk carton. Yeah, <laughs> and just drink it like milk. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, anyway, I think that wrap, wraps up episode three. Nice. Uh, some good good talk on the sports end. We had some good toast, some some decent scumbags. I mean, they, you know, debatable. But uh, it was kind get, of actually kind of a slow week for scumbags this well, week. Well, I mean, I think we get tired of talking about, you know, dudes that are molesting women. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I mean, it's that's that shit. That, and, that yeah, shit's old. And that's kind of what what I, I tried to go outside the box yeah, a little bit this yeah. week. You know, I toasted a, a referee for for a funny comment that got picked up on a hot mic, and you know, my scumbag was you know maybe crossing the line a little bit in a football game, but you know. Kid was just playing ball, man. I'm man. I'm all about. I'm all. Well, about I mean, you know, if if I'm level. coaching that kid. I'm not mad at him. <laughs> no, no. But but I'm not coaching that kid. You know, you love his aggressiveness. Like I said, you want to try to definitely a late keep, hit for sure. You want to keep keep the flags in the pockets. Right. So Yeah, I would like to I would like to have seen that more of a of across the middle of the field. He lit him up across the middle of the field and and subsequently he got hurt from it. I don't want to see him get hurt, but you know what I'm saying. It would have been more of a bang bang play versus a Hell, late I'm hit. trying to think what uh what football, what pro game I was watching yesterday. And uh, the quarterback handed the ball off, but he kind of played it out like he still had the ball. And the D end just annihilated him because it was such a good play fake. Right. But uh, the quarterback didn't even have the ball. Did he get flagged? Oh, yeah, big time. Big time. Well, and then there was a little bit of acting a, like a runner. He should be treated. Well, no, like he, a I mean, no, he didn't act like a runner. He acted like he was still in the pocket holding the ball. Oh, I got you. And uh, and the dude just lit him up. You know, mm-hmm. it would have been a beautiful sack if, if he actually had the ball. And uh, I can't remember which game which game that was yesterday. Hmm. Man, we got we got congratulated for hitting someone in the head when we played. It was a, yeah, it's totally a, it's different a different game. different sport. Yep. Cool. All right. Cheers. Cheers.